Welcome to Diana Perkovic's Monday Momentum in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of Monday Moment in 5. I'm your host, Diana Perkovic, and this week it is, yet again, another extended version. This is the remix. We have the Boss Babes back this week again. Dr. Sophia Yen, she is our guest. Her areas of expertise is pediatrics, women's reproductive health, clinical research, female empowerment, Hello, good girl mafia, and education. She has over 20 years of experience in medicine. She serves as a clinical associate professor of pediatrics in the Division of Adolescent Medicine at Stanford Medical School. She graduated from MIT, UCSF Medical School, and UC Berkeley with an MPH in maternal child health. Dr. Yen co-founded Pandia Health and enjoys educating the public and other physicians about birth control, acne, weight management, and other adolescent health issues. She has been featured in many publications for her work in reproductive health and as the CEO of Pandia Health. You can see why I wanted to have her on the podcast today. Dr. Sophia Yen, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I just love your theme of good girl mafia. It's just great and women doing good. Thank you. And I just feel like you so fit in, you know, the the more I researched you, the more I saw what you were about, I thought, wow, she really would make like you embody good girl mafia. And I have to say full disclosure, Dr. Yen, um, before you, anytime I heard about these quote, so-called advancements in reproductive health, I'm going to be very honest. My knee-jerk reaction has always been, yep, here we go. Some dude in a white coat in some ivory tower who's never had his period and has never been on the mad dash of like, oh my God, does somebody have a tampon? Does somebody have a pad? And they're going to tell me about me having my period. And then I come across you, Dr. Sophia Yen, a woman, and now you have my full attention. Periods optional? What? You have to put this in medical context for us just to begin so we we can sort of paint the picture for everyone. Yeah. So um, when I was trying to get pregnant in 2006, I realized the only reason we build up that lining in the uterus is to catch an embryo. And if we're not trying to catch an embryo from age 12 to 26 on average in the United States or 35, for those of us who had to go through more education or just had other stuff that we had to do, why are we building this lining and bleeding every single month? We now have the technology to turn that sucker off. And I know it's complicated for um, the general person because we're always like, if you don't have a period every single month, you better go see your doctor. And that's, excuse me, absolutely true, because if you're not on any medication in today's modern world, you should have enough nutrition to have a period every single month. Otherwise, I got to look for anorexia or too much exercise or too much stress or tumor or thyroid or stuff like that. However, if we put you on the IUD with hormone, the implant, the shot, the pill or the ring, and the pill and the ring are the two that we offer online via Pandia Health, then we can turn off your periods. And wouldn't the world be much better if women didn't have to bleed one week out of four? Right. I mean, for a lot of women, you know, you you think about how much you miss, 
you know, yes. work, school. Uh, I, I know there was a time in my life where I would literally, I was in a room by myself with the door closed for a couple days every month. And that's not unusual. Yeah. No, it's the number one cause of missed work and school is women's periods under the age of 25. The number one cause of anemia in a menstruating woman that we doctors talk about, that's like a quiz that you ask medical students, Mm -hmm. what's the number one cause of anemia in a menstruating woman? And the answer is menstruation. And so this incessant menstruation is actually a modern construct. So in the old days, and this is not comparing us with people who die at age 30, but people who die at the same exact age that we do, and they would have a hundred periods in their lives. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't get their periods till 16. When they got them, they would only get three periods a year. So we get our periods at 12 and we get 13 a year and then they have eight babies and they breastfeed for 15 to 18 months that whole time with no periods we only have two babies and we breastfeed zero three to six months so we have 350 to 400 periods and over here they only have 100 so we increase our risk of anemia we increase our risk of ovarian and endometrial cancer and we also miss work and school well, through my research and researching you and, and preparing for this podcast, I came across you actually introduced me. You probably don't know this, but <laughs> you have already introduced me um, to an article that was written by Malcolm Gladwell, who talks about this tribe in Mali. Yes. Who, and, I, and this is probably who you're referencing, but they get oh. their periods 100 times per year. We get ours three to 500 times a year naturally. This is natural. Help me wrap my head around the difference because honestly, up until reading that article, I would have thought that what we're doing, what we're experiencing is totally natural, but how can that be natural and how can this be natural? Yeah. So what they're doing is more natural because Mm -hmm. in medicine, the natural state of a woman is pregnant or breastfeeding. And how many periods do you have when you're pregnant or breastfeeding? And so all of these birth control methods trick your body into thinking you're pregnant. And so then your body's like, oh, well, why build the lining and bleed every month if I'm pregnant? Because there's no purpose to that. And why pop out an egg every single month if I'm not pregnant? And my flip question is why build that lining and pop out the egg every month if you're not trying to get pregnant? There's just, we'll turn it on when you need it and we'll turn it off until then. And life is just better without unnecessary blood. But that article is the best article. It's Malcolm Gladwell, the author of Blink, um, or Tipping Point, right? And um, he is just an amazing author. It's just hard to access unless you have access to the New Yorker or the Annals of Internal Medicine. But if you do, look up John Rock's Error. And it talks about how the only reason that the pill has one week of bleeding is because Dr. Rock was a devout Catholic and he was trying to get it through the Catholic Church, this method. The other two co-founders of the company were like, why are you making women bleed every month? It could be every three months. It could be every six months. It could be never. And Dr. Rock was like, we're going to do it this way. And because he won that argument, every woman has bled on every method since then. Wow. And and there goes back to my, my original thought of like some dude in a code in an ivory tower making decisions for us. So for exactly. our listeners today, Dr. Yan, what is Pandia Health as a consumer? If I go to PandiaHealth.com, how is that helping me? Yeah. So I came up with the 
can be a health woman who has gone through 20 plus years of what I call pill anxiety. It's never been used before in medical literature, but it seems obvious to me. If you're on the pill and you get to that last week, if you don't get to the pharmacy, there will be a dire consequence. And so that last week, women are just flipping out, worried, concerned in the back of your head and your hundred to-do list is, I got to get to that pharmacy or else there will be a bad consequence. And so what we do at Pandia Health is we bring birth control to women wherever you have internet and a mailbox. And that way you turn your prescription over to us, set it and forget it. We worry so you don't have to. And our mantra is no one runs out of birth control on our watch. So if you have a prescription at a pharmacy, you just tell us where and we move it to our pharmacy and we deliver it to you and we eat the delivery costs. So if you have insurance, pretty much free to you. Um, If you need a prescription, I'm a doctor and we added telemedicine. So we found that 60% of women responding to birth control delivery didn't have a prescription. So I was like, well, we could take care of that. So what you do for that, fill out a questionnaire, give us a selfie, give us a government ID, pay us 39 bucks for our doctor's time, overhead, legal stuff, and then give us a blood pressure that you've had in the past 365 days. So you can call up your doctor and ask, what was my blood pressure last time I was there? Or go to a pharmacy, grocery, or my one that I love is all fire stations, fire people are EMT. So you could go and say hello to the hot firemen. They'll calm down your heart rate <laughs> and then get your blood pressure. Will taken. they? Or was it just going to keep getting higher? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? Um, there's some pretty hot fire people oh, out there. Oh, I know. It's world. a thing. Like, is that like a prerequisite? You got to be hot to be a fire person, right? Okay. Yeah, you have to be fit. You have to yes. be able to carry people out of fires. So basically, this is like birch box or auto delivery for the pill. Think of it that yes. way. So go to pandiahealth.com and you can get birch box for your oral contraceptive. It kind of makes sense. So now that we understand the medical side of Pandia Health from Sophia, the doctor, Dr. Yen, I want to turn our attention now to Sophia, the entrepreneur who started Pandia Health because good girl mafia's motto is it takes a badass to be a good girl and don't forget about other girls. You are the actual example of being like, a member of the Good Girl Mafia. So let's break it down. Going from doctor to entrepreneur takes a total badass. And and take us back in time. What was that transition like? What was it going from, you know, the concept to pulling the trigger to actually making it happen? Yeah. So I think that Pandia Health is kind of the culmination of my career and goals in life. It's always been a passion of mine to prevent unplanned pregnancies and to make women's lives easier. I've always fought for women's equality, women's reproductive rights. I helped to co-found SheHeroes.org, which is targeting third to eighth graders, free online videos, highlighting women in jobs where women are underrepresented. Um, I helped to co-found the Silver Ribbon Campaign to Trust Women. You just wear a silver ribbon and when people People go, hey, what's that? You go, do you know they're attacking all of women's reproductive rights? But the the framing is really, do you trust women with personal health decisions? Because am I not allowed to decide what happens in my body, my uterus, and what happens to me? Because mm-hmm. it's really about women's um, bodily autonomy. And so that has just always been my work. And then about three years ago, when I was giving a talk to a bunch of doctors on why women don't take their birth control, it came up that... Um, the top reason, one of the top reasons is because they didn't have it in their hand. And my friend Pearl and e said, hey, 
and I, this is a great opportunity to disrupt, disrupt the slow, monolithic, old, horrific pharmacy and mail order pharmacy. We're going to make it cool. We're going to make it mobile. We're going to make it delightful. We're going to target young women because most of the online pharmacies are targeting the mail order pharmacies, these old couples gray-haired, 70-year-old, five drugs three times a day. But this medication, birth control, is so vital to women's equality. And so we said, we're going to just ship it to you and keep shipping it to you until you tell us to stop. And we're going to do it. And it needs to be women-founded, women-led. And it's even better that it's founded by a physician. And that's why you don't see many physicians in startups, is that it is a giant risk to do a startup. Um, I tell people, that the worst parts of my life have been residency, which is staying pulling an all-nighter every four every fourth night for three years of my life. Wow. That was just horrible because I love sleep, and when I don't get sleep, I get really toxic. And then um, <laughs> notice she didn't say cranky. You're so honest. You're like I get toxic. <laughs> <laughs> really toxic. I love it. And, and then um, the second worst part of my life was breastfeeding. I think everyone should do it. It's amazing. It helps you lose weight. It's good for your child. It prevents um, infections, but it was every two to three hours, something poking you, something of your flesh and blood, something crying that would get you to cry if you can't breastfeed this thing <laughs> um, for three months in a row. Like, no, duh, there's postpartum depression. If something's poking you every two to three hours for three months straight, that is the worst all-nighter of your life. And that's what happens with women who are breastfeeding. And then now the worst part of my life is the startup. The startup, I'm not a roller coaster fan. Some people are. But the startup is up and down, the highest highs and the lowest lows I've ever had in my life. And it just varies, you know. Um, Skype call to email. I get one email and I'm like, yes. And then I get another email like, oh. And then I get another email, yes. And then, oh. And then, yes. And it's just like up and down. And what's great about it is that um, I'm in control. I'm dictating how this goes. As you said, all the other birth control delivery companies are run by a bunch of men. We are the only woman-founded, woman-led company in this space. We are the only practicing reproductive health physician-founded company in this space. And as I like to say, I live, breathe, eat, and prescribe birth control. And so that is, I feel, a huge differentiator in our company. But I hope that the women will help us prove that. I'd like to turn our attention to being an entrepreneur. And, and data shows that companies with women at the table do better, period. Yes. I mean, this is a fact. And as an entrepreneur, Sophia, you are at the head of the table. And so highs, lows, peaks, pits, it's all sort of part of the game. But let's talk strengths and weaknesses for being sort of female-led, female entrepreneur. I think there's so many strengths to, to having women at the head of the table, but what are some of those perceived weaknesses? What are the things that you've sort of bumped up against? I'd love for you to dish. Yeah, so I think as a woman founder, as a woman, you know, we're always more conservative in our projections. And so all of my, and I know it's cliche because the entrepreneur will always say these are conservative estimates, but these are truly conservative estimates. I know that my competition would probably blow up these numbers five or 10 times. And so when I present my financials, my financials are just with birth control and a little bit of acne medicine, but I haven't included the potential. What we're going to do is, um, as I like to say, sell the box. So any consumer products, goods company, makeup, 
a new snack, a new detergent, a new dental floss, a new toothpaste could come to us, give us samples. And the women are like, oh, thank goodness my birth control is here. And ooh, try this new cookie, try this new mascara, try this new thing. So all the profit that we can get from that is not included in my financial models. And so my numbers would look much better if I added those numbers. But I didn't add those numbers because I wanted to go with minimum viable product and show that everything above that is gravy. So one, women often downplay the numbers. And I think that when an investor is looking at a woman, you should just take her number and multiply it 10 times. Whereas with other standard um, startup numbers, they always decrease it by 10 times because they assume that you've blown up your numbers. Sure. <laughs> and that's number one. Number two, um, unconscious bias. It is really out there. I really wonder sometimes if I had a guy pitch my company, and actually I know that if a guy pitches my company, they would get more money and more offers than me. And part of it is because they're all used to the Zuckerbergs of this world. They expect a guy in jeans and a hoodie, 21 years old, 22 years old, just graduated Stanford. And they see, when they see a guy, they ask, what is your future? They see his potential. When they see a woman, they go, what have you achieved? And it's like, why am I not being judged on the same exact metrics? And if you ask me what's my potential, my potential is m double the 23-year-old because I'm double his age. And um, I have 20-plus years experience. I have 20-plus years expertise. I have 20-plus years connections. His connections are people who just graduated college. My connections are the top of their field, the top of VP marketing at Google, the head of this at Facebook, the head of this here, women who have run through several countries, sorry, companies, and are willing to help me. But his connections, whatever connections a little 21, 22 year old, his experience running a budget, I've run the budget of every organization I've been in pretty much, well, an organization everywhere. So in high school, in college, I was my class um, treasurer. I was my sorority treasurer, my homeowners association. I've balanced my budget at home. I run my household. I schedule my children. I have a lot more experience than a 22, 23 year old. So that's the bias based on age. There's also a bias based on being a mother. They assume because you're a mother, I was with these guys like, oh, you have to go home and take care of your children. I could, but luckily I have a great husband who's very supportive. I have a full-time nanny, and so I am as, as free as they are. And then the other thing is my children are also older. They're um, 8 and 11, and I tell women, once your youngest is 5, you're at full productivity. And if you've never had a kid, those of us who have kids, look at those people who don't have kids after our kids have aged out and they don't suck all our time as, oh my God, you have all these hours in the world. You have evenings and weekends and all these hours in the day that you didn't know you had until you had a kid sucking all that time off of you and then you get that time back and you're like, oh, so much time, so much energy. So what they see as a negative, children and being a mother, I see as a positive because I know how many hours there are in a day. And then they go, oh, well, what does a doctor know about budgeting? What does a 22-year-old know about budgeting, right? <laughs> like. Um, exactly. And so exactly. They just, yeah, they always ask me for things. And I was like, would you ask that of the 22-year-old? Like, they're like, well, it'd be great if you had a product marketer. And I'm like, yeah, I would love everything. But as a startup, you have two or three employees. So I can't afford to hire a product marketer. And did you ask the 22-year-old, what experience does he have as a product mar marketer? It is frustrating, isn't it? 
<laughs> that these yeah. that these biases still exist just like explode makes my brain explode. Yeah. You know, and I, then- I, I look at you and may I remind everyone over 20 years experience in medicine, uh, uh, Stanford. MIT, UCSF Medical School, UC Berkeley. I mean, it goes on and on. It almost boggles my mind that after reading your credentials, someone would still ask you those questions. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then as a woman in femtech, right, um, one of my colleagues um, has a great book, anybody who wants to go into femtech, called Orgasmic Leadership, that that, you know, you walk in and the men are like, la, 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 I don't want to hear about periods, ha, 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 you know, embarrassed, blah, 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 blah. But as I like to say, all of us came of a woman. Nobody mm-hmm. escapes the womb. We all came from the womb. Let's respect the womb. And um, I'm the only CEO out there with a uterus necklace around my neck almost all the time. It's kind of signature. Um, and so they shouldn't be afraid to talk about bodily functions. They talk about erectile dysfunction. They talk about all sorts of things. And X-rated. It's simply that women need birth control, and we should be able to talk about this. But they don't get the pain point. Like I had a guy go, "Well, um, how hard is it to get to the pharmacy every month?" And it's like, "You try going to the pharmacy for the one specific week because insurance companies are evil, and they won't let you come early, and they won't give you your medication." One week out of every four for every single month out of the year for 20, 30 years of your life. What are the odds you're going to mess up? You're going to mess up. And if you had that stress in your head, this direct to your mailbox birth control would have been here ages ago. Mm -hmm. If men had to bleed one week out of four, everyone would have heard about periods optional ages ago. And it's only now when women are coming into the spotlight that we're getting this information out there. And so if you ask your doctor... And she's female. She's probably not having a period. Interesting. Interesting. And, you know, I, I always think to myself, like, I, I, I don't know that men could handle their period. Yes. Like that, it, I, and I, I'm not saying that to be, you know, boo to boys or anything. But I often think to myself, like, dude, you get one cramp. I would like you to have one of my cramps and then we'll talk. How's that? <laughs> okay. After you get a cramp, then we will talk. Or how about the the exact example I give to parents who don't want to give birth control? We're trying to make birth control not for birth control, but for menstrual manipulation, mm-hmm. menstrual control, taking control of your life. Imagine your daughter taking the SAT, and then all of a sudden in the middle, she gets her period. Is she going to be a little distracted compared to the guy next to her? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And is, would it be better if we'd moved it to a different day or she didn't have a period at all? Definitely. And so that exactly happened to me. I was in the middle of biochemistry final and all of a sudden I get my period and I'm like, oh my God, do I run to the bathroom or do I finish the test? And being a pre-med, I finished the test. But was I a little distracted compared to the guy next to me? He's like, and I'm like, ah, which is pretty much the general reaction, right? It's ah, that's what it's like when you get caught off guard. I would just love to take little balls of red paint and throw them at men randomly once a month and see how they handle it. Ah, Be like, bam, ah, you've been hit. You got your period. Ah, <laughs> oh, my God. Who knew you were so funny, too? Okay. And she has a sense of humor, people. And she has a sense of humor. Okay. I would love some advice. I would love some advice. Absolutely. So. 
women and reinvention because it is I mean you're still in the medical field but you still went from doctor to entrepreneur so give us some advice in in that world yeah um what I see in this field is you have to commit Mm -hmm. a lot of people will not take that you're still got your day job you have to be all in you have to let go of ties and um people were skeptical of me because i am a clinical associate professor at stanford but i worked really hard to get that title so i didn't want to let it go and so i was still working two half days a week um for stanford but if you move that to the weekends you know i'm 24 7 on this thing and that's just basically equivalent to taking saturday or sunday off which i don't think you would begrudge any of of your employees. Um, and if you knew the hours that I worked, I work double, triple that of your standard of employee. <laughs> but um, it's, it's just better if you can kind of let those things go. And so now I'm only working one half day a week at Stanford. Mm-hmm. So don't do it half-assed. Do it 100%. And make sure that's clear from the get-go. And then take that risk. Um, I don't want to be responsible if that risk fails because know that you know, 80, 90% of the time you will fail. But um, if you want to do it, do it 100% and do it. Uh, the other part is uh, do it with a friend. Don't do it alone. So I've actually heard um, there are funders out there that will not invest in you. If you can't convince someone else to believe in you, quit their job as well and join you in this painful ordeal, they, they're like, well, if you can't convince them, then how can you convince any customer? How can you expect to convince an investor? Interesting. So, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And it may be just a certain investor, but I'd say there is that kind of bias out there. Um, a lot of people have a great idea, but obviously we could have, you know, ideas or a dime a dozen. Unfortunately, it's about execution. And so if you don't have a tech background, then it would probably be a good idea to at least hire a CTO or get a co-founder who's a tech founder. Mm-hmm. And there are a ton of women in tech groups that you could probably try to get a post in there and say, hey, I'm looking for a tech founder who wants to join me in this journey. Um, I have my MIT sorority email list, though I've found that, again, startup is very risky. And women are very risk adverse, I think, because we want to protect our household, we want to protect our finances. and um, But guys will just jump. And so I say, be reckless. Let's jump. Not reckless, but just do it. You know, just do it. And commit and just go for it. Go for it. Okay. So I'd love some advice from you on women who are struggling to pull the trigger to take the risk to go for it. Yeah. So I say, uh, look at your finances, make sure you have a six month to one year backup. Like you don't need money coming in for six months to a year that you can take that financial hit. Or if not, you got to figure out how to cover that with taking out loans and stuff like that. Um, and that, and set a date, it's kind of like, uh, quitting smoking or quitting a bad habit, you know, either just do it today or set a date in the near future, um, have a friend check and say, hey, you said you were going to do that. Are you going to do it? Announce it to the world. Because I feel when you ask for help, people will give it and people that you don't expect. But also, if you announce it to the world, you've committed. <laughs> and then you're accountable. Yes. Then you're accountable. Then you really have to go for it because you don't want to look like you didn't do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's it. That's a great way to be accountable. Okay. So I'd love some advice from you on women and leveraging relationships. And it's really interesting because I can't tell you how many women I work with and how many women I come across who still somehow find it a little distasteful, 
But we have to leverage relationships in order to move forward. Yeah. So I'm learning that life is about who you know, you know, a little bit of luck and who you know. And so networking is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I have gotten feedback from other people. It's more important to know people deeply and develop that relationship than to have a hundred different business cards. But also if you have a hundred different business cards, then you have a hundred different opportunities sure. that you could follow up on. Um, and I think it's just different personalities. For me, I make a connection. I go, you're a cool person. If you call on me, I will help you. Other people, you have to meet with them like three or four times and then they'll do something for you. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think what motivates people to do stuff is you're doing it for the sake of your company. You're doing it for the sake of the cause. You're not doing it for you. When it's about asking for Sophia Yen, eh, I don't feel so good. When it's about Pandia Health, which is for my investors and for preventing unplanned pregnancy and for making women's lives better, then I can totally ask anybody, anyone. If you ask anyone out there, I am fearless in who I will approach, what I will do when I'm on a mission. And so like the Silver Ribbon, I've approached a ton of politicians and said, do you trust women? Will you wear this pin? Will you show that you trust women? And it's not for me. It's because I want to make sure that all women have this right to decide what happens to their bodies. I'm doing this for my daughter. I'm doing it for all women out there. It's not for me. And I think women will do not for me. Um, It's the me that they're adverse to. Interesting point of view. And you know what? I think you're really right because it's amazing how when even if you're asking on behalf of someone else, oh, I can connect you with that person. That's not a problem. But again, you're right when you're asking for me. So as women, we I'm a big firm believer and like I don't need anything, but I'll just do this for you. And I think as women, we need to be doing that more openly and wholeheartedly for other women. I really feel like if you can help another woman on her quest and help her passion, do it. Yeah. Take five minutes and do it. Yeah. Pay it forward is what I say, or I like to look at it as karma points. I'm throwing out a bunch of karma points and it's going to come back. So I hope, I hope, I hope there's karma because some people deserve payback in both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so what would be, um, Dr. Yen, the, the top three pitfalls you think for women when they're starting up a company and, and how to avoid them? You're clearly so accomplished and you've done so much. And with all of these causes, you know, there are things you learn along the way. Yes. Um, One, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, That is something I've just learned in life and that my parents have taught me. If you don't ask, you don't get. And you aren't the smartest person in the room. That wasn't their message. Their message was, I'm brilliant and I can accomplish everything I want to. But um, you can't know everything. And there are, and I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. If someone else has a better marketing scheme, why don't you share? And when, if I know something, I'm happy to share. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, in the business world, I've learned get everything in writing. But even then, I've learned they can talk you out of whatever you signed. And so if you feel something's not right, say, I got to check with somebody and get back. Do not sign any papers that you don't feel comfortable with. Don't let anybody talk you out of your dream, push you out. Um, So if that's trying to happen, stop and and go. Don't just give your verbal or whatever at that moment. Um, That is, I think, critical because 
People may seem like the nicest person in the world, but when it comes to money, things get ugly. And, and people get, get weird. People yes. get weird when money gets involved. Isn't yes. that true? I mean, yes. you thought they were so nice and so trustworthy, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's not the case. Yeah, and that just really hurts because I trust everybody. Like, I am to the point that I don't get sarcasm because that, to me, is like, you know what I mean? It's not like out there front telling me what's going on. Not it, you know, and so um, that would be the second point. And three, you know, build a village. Let's women help each other, yes. and let's let's build a great team that cares about what you're doing. I'm learning that with the investors. You know, first I was like, I'll take any money, just any money, let's make it happen. But I realized it it's going to be a relationship for five to ten years with this person. So if I can't stand talking to them, and all I want is their money. That's not going to go pretty because I am now, you know, beholden to that person. And I don't want to be beholden to somebody that makes me feel weird or just makes me unhappy or, you know, like this is hard enough. Don't make it harder by making a relationship with somebody you don't need. So build good, happy people around you and don't take money just for the sake of money, even though sometimes that's what you have to do to live. But to the best, if you can, Um, there are good people out there. It's just takes time to come. It does. It does take time. And where do you see yourself um, and Pandia Health five years from now and then 10 years from now? <laughs> so Pandia Health, um, Pandia is the Greek goddess of healing, light, full moon. We purposely chose a brand that wouldn't be just birth control, but that could grow to become the brand that women trust with their health. Because again, we're women founded, women led, because we're founded by a woman who has a passion, a physician for women's health. So that is the future, is we want to be the place that everybody goes to when you have a health question. We want to be the one that makes your life easier by bringing medication to your mailbox and by bringing a doctor's visit to you via the internet to the best of our ability. I think right now, telemedicine um, doesn't have all the technology we need, but in the near future, it will be there. And it's certainly safe and good enough for birth control, for acne, for wrinkle cream, for menopause, but for like a cold or something like that where I need to look in your ear, listen to your heart or lungs, not there yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe someday if we have like, you put your cell phone up to your chest and I can listen to your lungs or you can put something in your ear and I can look in your ear, I'd be good with that. But until then, I'm not quite comfortable with that, but it's coming soon and we'll have the doctors and the pharmacy all under one roof. And, and that's just our goal at Pandia Health is to make women's lives better and to give um, cutting edge evidence-based medical care. And because I'm an academic, because I come from UCSF, because I work at Stanford, I have these medical students, residents and fellows going, Dr. Yen, why do you do it this way? Because the latest paper says blah, 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 blah. Your doctor out there doesn't have that person bothering them to keep on top of things. And because we're focused on birth control, we have the expertise on there. I've written a thousand birth control prescriptions in the past two years, which wow. is more than I ever usually. Normal is like one a week or five a week. And so we've learned from the patient's experiences. We used to put everyone on this medication and then we saw everybody was having spotting and weird side effects. And so then I looked at the literature a little more and I found out this one's better. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting everyone on this one if they're new. And then if you have problems, we move them, but we haven't heard any problems with this new one. So I'm like, 
this is the one to go with. And, and now I'm teaching my medical students, residents, fellows. And when I give national talks or local talks on birth control, this is the drug I suggest, not this one that we all thought was good. Before we wrap this up, I want you to tell us about Pandia Health Social Good, because you have a whole separate section about that. Yeah. So um, we found that because, um, unfortunately, a lot, 30% of our customers don't have insurance. And so birth control is about $20 a month if you don't insist on a name brand. And again, 95% of birth control is generic. Women don't know that. They're like, I want this drug. And I'm like, that's actually a generic. So anyway, and so it's fine. Um, and so we set up Pandia Health backslash social good. And it's the Pandia Health Birth Control Fund. People can do donate to it. It's tax deductible. It goes through our friend, which is a nonprofit center for policy analysis, which is about healthcare for all. So it's a great partnership. And then we have women that need their birth control covered or the telemedicine visit covered, which is 39 bucks, apply and tell us why do you need it? What do you need covered? And hopefully they'll pay it back once we, we give it to them. But um, we would love people to take us on as their charity of choice and you know send us donations our way and absolutely want people to apply if they, if they need the funds as well. Well, Dr. Any, any final thoughts that you want to get across to the audience about female health or your company? So um, two points that I try to get out there, actually three that I actually teach all the medical students that go through our clinic about. Number one, periods are optional. So check out www.pandiahealth.com backslash periods optional. We have a video and some information on that. And I've done a great podcast and we're doing today's podcast as well on it. Um, so that's great. And then number two, that there are four different types of emergency contraception. And most doctors don't know about the top two. So I want your listeners and every woman out there to know and ask for the one that they want. So um, the number one most effective emergency contraception is the copper IUD. And people don't know that. And normally I don't recommend the copper IUD because the two main side effects is more pain, more blood. But for emergency contraception, if it were me or my daughter and we were sexually assaulted in the ER, I'd be like, copper IUD, 99.99999% chance of preventing mm -hmm. unwanted pregnancy. So that's number one. Number two is Ella. So it's a prescription emergency contraception. Everybody knows about number three, which is plan B. But if it were me or my daughter, do I want the third most effective emergency contraception? No, I want the best emergency contraception or the second best. And so Ella is just a pill. You take it. Um, because it's prescription only, um, it's free currently under the Affordable Care Act because all things are required to be covered. And so if you have insurance, totally free. So free and works better. Um, with plan B, if you have a higher body mass index, a heavier weight, um, if your BMI is greater than 35, plan B doesn't work. And so we want to get that word out there because 60% of America is overweight. If your BMI is greater than 35, plan B is totally useless. Um, you can try it. You could double up on the dose, but you didn't hear that from me legally, but you could double up on the dose and it might work better. But plan B is useless if you have a higher BMI. So you want to get Ella or the copper IUD if you have a BMI that's actually higher than 26 is, is the cutoff to go to Ella. And then higher than 35, the only option is the copper IUD, we believe. So that's number two tip. And then um, number three tip is um, t um, ethnic differences in tampon use. But mainly that if uh, you haven't tried a tampon or a Diva Cup, 
do because there are a ton of women who have never tried it, um, mainly minorities, Asian Americans, African Americans, Latinos. And I, for those of us who have tried it, it's like night and day, right? Your life is so much better with a tampon than with a pad and that it doesn't destroy your virginity and that it doesn't cause toxic shock if you don't leave it in too many hours. Great advice. Dr. Yen, I want to thank you so much for joining us and being part of the show today and all of your great advice. And I wish you all the best success with Pandia Health. You have to come back at some point and we'll loop back around and and continue the discussion. Awesome. And um, thank you so much for having me. We'll set up a code for Good Girl Mafia. If people enter those three words all together, uppercase, lowercase caps, if you're from California and you're doing telemedicine, we'll give you $5 off the telemedicine visit. So. You are so generous. So enter the code Good Girl Mafia, and you'll get $5 off in the state of California. Dr. Yen, thank you so much. It was such a delight getting a chance to talk to you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Dr. Yen. We'll talk soon. So that's it for today, everybody. I want to thank you so much for being a part of our show. Thank you for tuning in. You can always visit me at www.dianaperkovic.com. And don't forget to go to pandiahealth.com. If you put in Good Girl Mafia, you are going to get $5 off. So that was a lovely surprise, right? I didn't know Dr. Yen was going to do that. And you can always uh, hit me up on social media at Good Girl Mafia, at Diana Perkovic on Instagram, as well as Facebook and Twitter. Have a fabulous week, everybody. I will see you back here next week, same time, same place.